Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Secret Sauce of Selling podcast, the ultimate guide and sales gym to unlocking the secrets of successful selling. I'm your host, James Abraham, Abraham, and I'm on my mission to empower the finest and best generation of sales professionals and business leaders the world has ever seen. And I am super excited to be here with you today to unlock the insights and tactics and strategies to help you take your, your performance to the next level. This week, we have a great guest right here from our backyard in Tel Aviv, Adir. Welcome to the show. Hey, James. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Excellent. Um, so for those who don't know Adir Zimmerman, uh, Adir is uh, predominantly active in the startup scene, uh, helping organizations in their uh, sales and go-to-market. Um, Adir, um, so our topic today is um, removing friction between leadership and sales. Let's let's talk about that. Well, what's what, what's that all about? Tell 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 us. Yeah, I think uh, specifically in Israel, by the way, I think we have like a huge gap between sales professionals and you know founders, leadership, even investors, where this side of investors and leadership comes from more product R and D background. And, you know, sales, we're coming from a very um, kind of organized methodologies and things like that of, of sales. And the friction comes when leadership thinks that sales is like, you know, bring someone that uh, they like to call it a closer, bring, bring a closer and he will generate the hockey stick that I just uh, drew to my uh, to my uh, to my investors. Right. So I think this is the, the this is where it begins. Yeah, we, we call that hopium in the Sandler world, hopium. Everyone's with the hopium, hopi, hopi. And um, and we see it common enough that um, the founders, yeah, they got a great idea, really good stuff. And then, uh, oh, wait, now we have to sell this. What do we do? Um, let's just find someone who's sold it before and hope for the best. Exactly. So what what when you talk about friction, I, you know, let's break this up into three sections. One is the actual friction piece, you know, what is really happening? Um, who is it happening in, you know, between why? And, and how do we start to remove that and, and build velocity and, and, and start to, uh, I say, oil up those relationships so that they are actually, those things will actually happen, like success will happen and sales will come and everyone's happy. Yeah. So I think going top down, um, I think on one side is to have a reasonable reasonable goals to to achieve with uh, selling to the market and from the sales side is setting the expectation and the only way to go about doing that is actually for sales if you have sales leadership great but if you don't have a sales leadership in place and i know that this has happened to a lot of you know sales professionals that jump to startups and they don't have a leadership that they are the first person at the door with the founders sit down and write, put a spreadsheet in place, right? How many leads do you think to, you can generate each month? What will be the conversion rate to meetings? What will be the conversion rate to, to the pipeline? And then what will be the conversion rate to close one? So you can set a reasonable expectation to the founders on the other side, instead of going according to their hockey sticks. Um, I think this is this is the basics, set expectation and have reasonable goals. This This can solve a lot of things. Yeah, it's unbelievable that you'll have companies or startups that, you know, they get a bit of money, they invest in everything and everything apart from the actual oxygen tanks that's supposed to keep them afloat. And so, you know, when looking at leadership these days, 
if you could get away with telling them anything, what would you say when it comes to this stuff? So I like always when I'm talking to uh, founders uh, to compare between R&D and the sales team. When they're establishing their R&D, they don't say, hey, you know, uh, some developer will come. He developed it in the past. He will develop amazing solution. No, they put a team in place. They put a leadership in place. They put processes in place. They put tech stack in place. So I'm using this analogy to explain why, you know, why, uh, why sales is the same. By the way, just to say something about sales and R&D. R&D went through a huge revolution about 20 years ago. They also started to separate the teams into a very specific roles. And sales is, is going through this revolution in the last decade. I think now we are picking in this revolution. Started to divide SDRs, AEs, AM, CSM that do the, you know, just project management and AM that's closing the deals. So we are now actually starting to work in the same way that R&D worked about more than a decade ago. And also you can see this happening around technology. So I think it's, it's if, if I need to explain to my, my founders, my investors, whatever, something about it, this technology really helps to, um, to, to mitigate this gap. Yeah, I agree, especially when it comes to startups. But I'm going to be honest in here, you know, I mean, you look at the world, you got companies been doing this for decades. I mean, companies for decades realize that their sales efforts, their sales team, their revenue operations, you know, everything is a system. It's all process. I'm a standard guy. For us, everything is process. If it's not in process, it doesn't exist. It's just hopium. And I think I love, I love that analogy of aligning sales in front of R&D. Because no, no business owner in technology, and in that, in, I think in that instance, would actually invest in an R&D team that hasn't been assessed, hasn't, doesn't have a defined coding uh, uh, language that they're actually using, um, doesn't have an, an, you know, a, 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 an aligned uh, um, agile kind of system or DevOps or whatever they're doing these days to speed things up. And, 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 and so... Why? Why does a business owner think they can get away with it? Why do they think that only in this one little thing that's so, we just need to get customers in. You know what? Let's wing that whole part. Why? What's going through their head? Yeah, so I, I missed the question in, in what you just uh, described. What's going through their head? About why, they, uh, why, uh, why they start and think like that to begin with? Wing, why do they put everything in place yeah. To be successful apart from sales. Okay. Why so why do they wing that piece? What are they what's going through their mind? I mean, you know these people, you meet them. Yeah, for first of all, amazing, amazing question and super important. So in my past, I started in sales, then I've been a co-founder, then came back to sales. So kind of and and in the last more than the last decade, I I been a mentor for for many CEOs. And I think that this is a matter specifically in the Israeli market. By the way, every market that has more R&D and product talents. How, it, how, how a market grow, right? We have, we have entrepreneurs that they are the ones that are establishing the companies turn to be the, the, the managers, the, the management, senior management of, the, of those startups. Then out of those people, we get investors. The investors, if you look, the investor, the one that sits in the board, they're also coming from, from this layer. So 
you get a whole leadership layers of people that came only from R&D and product. What they know about sales, they're reading the papers. They, they're reading the PR. Who is doing PR? Companies that are already very mature and have the money to pay to PR. What the PR is saying, hey, we built an amazing machine, right? The, um, and, and, and now everything is, is great, right? So, and, and this is their education. So they come to their startup that was born yesterday, two founders, no money, can bring maybe one junior account executive and say, hey, look at this startup. They're doing billions of dollars and look at their customer acquisition and different types of, what are you talking about? We just started. We, we need to build here something. We need to engage the market. And this wrong education this is what's causing this, this issue. So the only way to solve it is podcasts like this that educate and hopefully also people from the other side, not only salespeople, listen to us. And if not, I hope that we will give tools to the salespeople in those startups to start and mitigate and educate their leadership about it. Spot on. You want to do it? You want to have some fun here? Yeah. Can I share one of the five <laughs> reasons, some of the five reasons that some, you know, most of, like say sales leaders. And yeah, if you've got a business and you're leading sales, you're a sales leader at that moment. A good one, a bad one doesn't really matter, but you're a sales leader. Like it or don't. And so here's the thing. I think the biggest problem today with this stuff is um, that um, it's psychological. It's baggage. It's belief issues that a lot of these business owners carry with them. No one wants to sell. No one wants to call the stranger. No one wants to talk about money with a stranger, and no one wants to be intrusive with questions to a stranger. I mean, what were we taught when we were kids? Don't talk to strangers. It's not polite to talk about money and stop asking so many freaking questions. And then we go out into the big bad world, and what do we expect to do to make a living? Ask questions of strangers yeah. about money. And, and for, for, you know, for the most part, they don't want to do, I know a lot of CEOs of startups, they're not even startups anymore, that are terrified to get on a call with a bot. Terrified. They just yeah. can't, that confrontation just, just, it makes them melt. And for the founders, you know, and that's a fair statement, that's okay, we're only human beings, that's okay. But then they, what they do is they choose people to do that job for them because they're terrified. I believe every founder should first know how they how to sell every ceo in every company even a top company needs to know how to do how to, how to close a deal easy i mean if you think about it right they don't have to do it they have to know how to do it they might have done it and so going back to this point the hiring people that are struggling with the same issues because if they're not have a good hiring process in place which they probably don't have because they don't even have a sales process in place they're probably hiring the wrong people or people with the same problems because people hire their own image. And so going back to uh, you know the reasons for that, um, uh, I think it, it could be a huge reason with regards to that, that, that outcome. So the five, yeah. the, five, the five weaknesses, should I, should I say them or do you want to, what do you think will offend someone listening to this? <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, go ahead. All right, one, fear of rejection. Number two, need for approval. Number three, com emotional composure. Number four, one of my favorite uh, professional visitors. They're always busy, 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 busy on calls, on calls, doing things, doing demos, da, 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 but they're not closing any business, right? 
Um, and I think my favorite is really the, the the baggage part. A lot of baggage they're bringing with from other roles. So they're hiring someone who's been doing sales for five to 10 years. And then eventually that person is bringing all of the bad habits that they learned in other companies and they're dumping them there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, first of all, what you've raised is kind of, kind of um, remind me something that was published uh, quite a few years back by uh, the Harvard Business School. Uh, it was called the, the sales learning curve. Uh, and the sales learning curve is, is talking about the involvement of everybody in the company in the sales process, starting with the founders. And gradually to start and bring other people into the process. And even when you bring the other people in the process, it's really important to keep being fully connected to the field and what's happening there. And this what helps us actually to kind of to soar and to get to the heights that we are looking for. Um, so first of all, uh, a huge recommendation to read all about the sales learning curve. Um, and by the way, take it to your leadership. Give them this this article by Harvard Business School. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Harvard, Harvard Business School know what they're doing. That's for sure. We're going to touch on that in a moment. Complete your sentence because that, that's a really important topic. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Let's let's dive right into So here's the thing. Um, and that's something that I work on with my clients. I've been saying this to every single CEO that I know. I'll say this at least once a week. And if you're a CEO and you're listening to this to this right now, take down this piece of gold. If you're a CEO, one of the weekly behaviors you should do is get on a sales call. Now I know that sounds crazy, and I know it sounds that's not my job. But when a prospect hears, you get on the call and say, you know, hey, Mr. Prospect, I am the CEO of the company. I, am, I get on a call from time to time because I believe that I need to talk to our prospects to understand what they really care about, what's really important to them. I hope it's okay for me to do the call instead of the rep. May I have your permission to do the call? That is pure freaking gold right yeah. there, right there. And, you know, get on a call for half an hour, 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour to get a touch and a feel of what the buyers really, really feel before they get our product, in my opinion, is gold. Uh, and the reason I'm mentioning that's a, you know, that's a Sandra move I, I teach and, and Harvard are great when it comes to this stuff, but we actually work with them and do a lot of stuff with them. And so onto the, that, that topic, by the way, where, where can we find that resource? If you don't mind me asking. Online. Just right. well, online. It, it will jump immediately. Okay, cool. Continue your continue your thought on that. Yeah. So an, another great tip uh, in order to get the the leadership involved is PMN and MOM, which mean uh, uh, pre-meeting notes, SDR schedule the meeting. He is sending uh, an email with a summary of everything that was discussed. It could be templatized with the prospect, including a link to the calls that the, the call that was made. All the leadership should read the email, listen on the way to their job. Everybody commuting today, 30 minutes, one hour, just one direction. Everybody, leadership, C-levels, VP, doesn't matter if you are the CTO or VP of product or CEOs. And they can react because it's a meeting that's about to happen. And then they can give some gold tips on how to engage with it. M uh, minutes minutes of, of meeting, MOM. Post the meeting, the AE, sending another email with what happened in the meeting with a link to the meeting itself. And again, 
with encouragement of the leadership to listen to it. This works amazing because then it's creating a thread where the leadership start to react. And this educates the account executive, the sales leadership clearly about important things. It keeps the, the management informed and actually understand what's happening in the field. I think this is a great tool that startup can start and use tomorrow. I agree completely. Um, and, and also guys, I mean, this is a, right, a good point to mention our sponsors, Novacy.io, check them out. They, you know, they're capturing the verbal and nonverbal communications and summarizing everything that's happened on the call with AI. And so you guys can check out what's actually happening and being said on the call and not what we think has been happening and said on the call. So uh, shout out to our sponsors on that. It's a great tool to, to enhance what, what you just mentioned, Adir. So Super let's important. talk a little bit about removing that friction. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, sharing data. Um, you know, actionable um, insights with regards to how calls went. What other what other methods, in your opinion, are good for reducing friction? So you know, first of all, creating uh, creating clear dashboards and reports that because you know leadership likes to work with numbers and they they get numbers. And if I'm setting expectation right on, hey, my SDR is going to generate this and that amount of leads, and and we don't generate this amount of leads, it's a call for, hey guys, let's sit together and see what works and what's not. Because if my SDR not generating enough leads, you can say that my team is bad, but we can also look at the team and say, you know what, maybe something else is, is wrong here. Let's check our value proposition. Let's check the personas that we're speaking with. Are we Do, do we understand them? By the way, a lot of startups that I'm starting to work with, they're coming to me after one, two, three years on the road. And then when we start to look at the ICP persona value proposition, it's actually triggering product processes. So like you said, you know, that they shy away from engaging with people. Product, sometimes product people also shy away or their leadership from engaging their customers. So they have this vision in their heads that the, the market is just waiting for their product where they actually never even picked up the phone, reached out on LinkedIn, said, hey, can I have 30 minutes of your time just to show you my product and get some feedback? And when we start to, to, to write those downs, this is where they kind of, oh my God, we have an issue with the product because it's not yeah. fit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, you're spot on there. And it's interesting that I think if you ask a lot of product people, they don't really understand what the what pain the prospects and cust potential customers have i mean and even if they do it's kind of very very high level very surface level not they don't understand the deep implications of of not uh of not um uh using a specific product and i think that is is crucial i do a lot of work with uh sales engineers you know pre-sales yeah. stuff like that oh my god some of them also you know it's just yeah, yeah. If anyone out is out there and they're doing sales engineering or pre-sales, guys, come on, take a step back, ask a little more questions. Um, because at the end of the day, there are major issues happening, and and we have to figure them out. Um, so, dear, tell us a little bit more about um, about what you like to do in your spare time. I know uh, you you work with a lot of different companies and a lot of different um, opportunities, and you're probably 
you know, running all over the place, so helping these people solve their problems. What what keeps you ticking? What's your um, what's the stuff yeah. you like to do for fun? Yeah, so I think I think you know, as as salespeople, we are working hard and uh, we are working around the clock in a very kind of unpredictable hours, um, and it could wear you out. So I'm trying to balance between things. I'm like. I really believe in this kind of saying of work hard, party hard. So, you know, I started to develop this kind of what I'm doing in my leisure time. Um, so first of all, I'm a burner, meaning that I'm going to all the mid-burn events, the, the Israeli uh, kind of uh, burning man, and also to uh, events uh, outside of Israel. It's a great community. It's really helped me to balance things because typically it will go couple of days in the desert, couple of days in the north, whatever, partying with people. And it's like really free your mind from, from this kind of daunting and very wearing day to day. Um, well-being, I'm, I, I discover dancing. So I'm, I'm going out and, and, and dance. Uh, if it's a bachata or contact or whatever, something that is completely outside of, you know, being... Uh, kind of, you know, hard business guy that goes and and uh, and close uh, deals, and also, you know, taking care of my body. Um, I'm a I'm a vegan. I'm uh, fasting uh, occasionally, you know, intermittent fasting, and even now when I'm speaking to you, I'm crossing the 110 hours of water fasting. It's like a week of of water fasting, uh, which I do about once a year. Um, so I'm kind of, as much as I invest in my business, I try to invest in my body and in my soul. And I say that after, I think, a decade of being a CEO of Global Startup, where I was kind of only doing business, 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 while, you know, not investing enough in me. Yeah, um, well put, well put. And, um, you know, we've got the the, the, the success triangle and for a success triangle from an attitude perspective is taking care of your body, mind, and spirit. And yeah. uh, before anything, if we don't have that in place, nothing else will work. Uh, so it sounds 100%. like you're giving yourself really a holistic uh, solution. <laughs> and, and that's, that's the real way to do it. I think, um, I think sales professionals really should be taking more care of themselves. I think they need to, op they need to up their, their dopamine yep. levels from a natural way, not using their phones and, and, and other substances, but actually, you know, from a natural manner uh, and also their serotonin and their oxytocin and all this stuff so that when they go into the sale, they're not looking to get a yes to be liked, um, but they're really looking to solve problems for their customers and make the world a better place. Uh, yep. So I appreciate that. So it's the point where I'm going to ask you the question here, Adir, uh, if I were to ask you, what is your secret sauce of selling? What would you say? Um, I think uh, kind of, first of all, putting the right methodology in place. I like always to kind of brief and debrief. I'm coming from the Air Force. This is what we do. We kind of, the Air Force style is like, you know, know your platform. Doesn't matter if they're your airplane or your, or your tech stack or your product. Know your enemy. And in this case, know your enemies, know your competitor, but know also your customer, like the target that you're, that you are after, right? And then there is another thing. It's uh, camaraderie, like help your friends. So what we do in the Air Force, you help your friends when you're on the ground. But where you're in the air, everybody's fighting his own battles. So help your friends, win them 
on the scoreboard, right? So help your friend to be the best, then be the best of the best. And I think that those principles really help me with... With Excel with what I'm doing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, I'm a huge advocate when it comes pre-call planning and call debriefing. Pre-call planning and call debriefing. You pre-call plan, you plan before, you debrief after. You plan before, you debrief after. That's what it's all about. That's what it takes. You know, and, and, and uh, I actually had a conversation today with someone and uh, they said, well, you know, I'm thinking. I said, oh, do you remember what Maverick said on Top Gun? Don't think, just do. Don't think, just do. But how do you get there? <laughs> You got to practice, you know, you got to train. If you're not training, someone else is. If you meet them, they will win. It's very simple. Yeah. So uh, I, I love that. And, and yes, absolutely. Constantly becoming. Excellent. I do. This has been great. I appreciate your insight, your knowledge. Um, sounds like you live an exciting life and uh, love to spend some time with you on the next Midburn if you want to invite me because I'm very close to that stuff. But it uh, sounds like a lot of fun. And we should definitely have you back. And, uh, and I appreciate your insights. How can people get in touch with you? So uh, best way, it's like LinkedIn or Facebook. Just search for Adir Zierman. There are not too many people called like that. And reach out. I'm, I'm very available in those channels. Excellent. Adir, you're, you're a star. Thank you so much. And to the listeners and viewers, thanks for tuning in. Uh, until next time, make sure that whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, no guts, no gain. Good selling and have fun. <laughs>